For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 28 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I'm your host, the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Joining me today is JSU recruiting coordinator and running backs coach, Brady Ackerman. Welcome to the show, coach. I appreciate you having me on. It's good to talk a little ball here in the summer, hoping that uh, we can get it cranked back up real soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, with what's going on with the, the pandemic, how have you been staying in touch with the players since the, you know, with no spring practice and since the students were had to go home and things of that nature? Yeah, you know, what we've done is obviously we're like everybody else in, in America. We're using Zoom to um, teach our players and coach them up on some of the things that, that we were trying to get done as we went into spring ball. Obviously, I, I call my guys and text them daily, but we'll have weekly Zoom meetings, not only with just our position group with the running backs, but uh, – you know, as an offense, because we're trying to get TC's uh, system put in and, uh, you know, kind of been dealt a, a, a short stack on that as far as being able to get stuff in because we we needed spring ball. So we're trying to accelerate that. So when they come back to campus and, you know, we, uh, academics was important because a lot of these guys weren't haven't been online learners, especially my young guys. My young running backs have been, you know, they went to school that all they've ever done is gone to class. So. Uh, we just had to stay on top of them, but we had a good semester, and, and we're proud of the way our guys have uh, responded to the challenge. All right, awesome. And congratulations on recently being named recruiting coordinator. And, you know, for the fans who follow the team closely and for the fans who follow you specifically on Twitter, we know that you've always been very involved with the recruiting. But now that you're, you know, officially in that capacity, what was that experience like bringing in your first class as recruiting coordinator? And can you give us some thoughts on that class? Yeah, you know, I wish it was a big class because I could say, look at all these awesome players. But, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of numbers, but I thought we got a lot of quality. And I, I think that the one thing I wanted to bring um, to our recruiting process, um, and, you know, and I had been a recruiting coordinator once before when I started my coaching career about Valdosta State back in the mid-90s. And I just wanted to bring an efficiency uh, to the way that we do things. We streamlined some stuff, brought some ideas that I've had from the past that the guys really embraced on the recruiting uh, trail. And just, you know, just trying to be more uh, streamlined and, and hyper-focused on the, the needs. Let the guys know this is exactly what we're looking for. Let's get out there and, and, and get it done. And Coach Hendrick kind of set that in motion. And, you know, I, I really thought our class was terrific based on what we needed. 
um, lines of scrimmage, offensive linemen, that class that we brought in. And, and Coach O was a big part of recruiting those guys. Uh, he's brought some guys in that are going to play. They're going to play right away in that opener against Langston. And so um, we're excited about that uh, because we needed some depth there. We need, you know, we got some guys coming back that we really like, three or four guys that we think got a chance to be really good, but we got to have a center. And uh, I think it may come out of that freshman class if, if everything works out. So I'm really excited about the freshman offensive lineman with Josh Beatty, Caleb Graham's a local kid, John Mitchell, another uh, kid from Mississippi. Um, I think all these kids uh, have a chance to come in. Ogan, Har- Ogan Caro, excuse me, also all could come in and contribute, at least get in the depth chart and give us some depth there. Um, on the other side, I thought um, defensively, um, we needed to get some safeties. Uh, we got two good young safeties, JV and Adams and Walter Lockhart, that we really think will be pretty good. And then we got a couple of corners um, in Petty and Armstrong that I think, you know, have a chance to come in and, and give us a little bit of depth there. Next year is going to be a big year for us getting the secondary uh, shored up because we'll lose some key components after this year. So we're really going to attack that in the 2021 class. But the, the one thing I will say is, you know, I was very um, – involved in recruiting Josh Rice, wide receiver out of Los Angeles. Um, and then that was a tough recruitment because we went up against Albany, who went to the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, they got a good program and did a great job. And uh, TC and I really worked on him, uh, uh, Ron Dickerson as well. And, and we were able to get him. I think he's going to give us an impact this year at, at wide receiver. Uh, I think he's a stretch the field guy, uh, can go get it. He, he scored a lot of touchdowns in junior college, and he's a quality kid. He's a, you know, he's a quality square kid meaning he's good on the field, but he's also good off the field. So we're excited about him. And then Eric Simmons is a steal. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, he's going to bring back memories of some of the JSU greats in the past. Uh, and, and we we really think he's going to be a dynamic player for us as a freshman. So we're excited about what we got at receiver, the offensive line. We added some, some defensive linemen to give us some depth. Um, and, you know, we really feel like that, that – that we did the best with the numbers that we had. Uh, obviously, we're going to have more numbers next year and the year after that, but we really wanted to make sure we got the right fit academically, the right fit talent-wise, obviously, and we're going to ask some of these guys to come in and, and play right away, and uh, and we're excited about it. I, I, I know fans, when we had our signing day party, they wanted to see more guys, and you know people are signing 25 guys and stuff, but those weren't the numbers for us, you know, and, and this, this isn't totally – um, our fault, you know, I know some of our staff has been here for a few years, but this is the numbers that we were left. And, um, so in doing so, I think we were able to get guys that are going to come in and help us win a championship this year, but also allow us to go get a big class next year that I think everybody will be excited about. Now you mentioned having a smaller class this year because of numbers and potentially a larger class next year with the numbers that you have, but how has this pandemic affected that as far as recruiting for next year's class? Has, has the process been uh, slowed because of that? And what are some of the biggest challenges? Well, I think the biggest challenge is the fact that we weren't able to get out and put eyeballs on some of the kids we're excited about recruiting. You know, in spring recruiting, it's about relationships. Our coaches, we all get out there and we talk to the coaches that we know. We get the chance to watch some practices, see some guys, um, you know, what they can do on the practice field and even some game settings with some of the spring games and classics and things like that that they have going on. So that's the disappointing thing. The positive thing is I think our recruiting board's bigger now than it would have been. Um, we, we are hyper-focused on Mississippi this year uh, because we know we're going to have a short runway in December to get out and see kids personally. So we're really putting an emphasis on 
the Mississippi kids, but we got coaches on our staff that really have great relationships. T.C. Taylor down in Georgia, along with uh, Coach O uh, down in Alabama. Ron Dickerson has a lot of contacts down there, does a great job down there, also with Dorsett Davis. And then, you know, our, our, our defense coordinator, Lionel Stokes, has done a great job in the Baton Rouge and southern Louisiana area. And then uh, Charles Mitchell, who, who has the Memphis area. So those connections, we're still going to go get those kids. Uh, our new coach, Eric Gallon, the tight end coach, very well tied to te- Dallas, Texas, which is where we've gotten kids like Tyson Alexander from. So we've, we're still going to recruit there. And then, of course, you know, my ties to Florida. And, uh, you know, we got some kids down there that we really like. So it's a broad approach. It's a bigger board. It's more guys. We're watching more film probably than we would have watched, to be honest with you. We're evaluating more and more kids. Uh, and more and more kids are excited about Jackson State, and that's what I'm really excited about. We're we're a brand, we, you know, we're a brand to, to a lot of kids, and sometimes I think people take that for granted. You say Jackson State kids, they don't, you know, they could have Troy or they could have Louisiana Lafayette offers. They're gonna listen to you because they know uh, about the history and the tradition of Jackson State. So we're excited about that, but we're still hyper focused on Mississippi because we really like to get out in those 81 counties and see every high school coach in the spray. And that's one of our goals under John Hendricks to get out and every coach, see uh, every high school coach in his area, because we want them to know Jackson state wants Mississippi kids. And that's probably the sh- biggest disappointment is we weren't able to get out and do that. Cause that's the fun part of spring. Awesome stuff coach. Now, speaking of recruiting those local kids, those Mississippi kids, JSU has always had success recruiting within the state. If you, you look at the, the most recent roster guys like, Jordan Johnson and Keontae Hampton and you know, CJ Anderson with Mississippi being a primary recruiting area for you guys. What are your thoughts on the talent level of the high school football in Mississippi? I know it's a small state, but it constantly turns out NFL talent. I think there were 10 players drafted in this most recent NFL draft, which was tied for sixth overall in the country. And that's despite a population of only 2.9 million. So what are your thoughts on the level of talent here? Well, I mean, you answered your question. They got talent. I mean, the state has talent, and we know that. And we want them to come to Jackson State. There's challenges that we've had to, um, you know, uh, and I think the other schools in our state, the other conference schools in our state have to deal with the same challenges, is that um, when you're that talented, some kids may think they can go a little bit higher and maybe take a step towards the junior college route, and that's always been such a tough battle. Um, But I think, you know, we've gotten the type of kids that we want in the state of Mississippi, we have great relationships. You know, TC's played at Jackson State. Coach O is as as coached in this state as a as a junior college coach and a high school coach, and then at Jackson State, Coach Hendrick has done a tremendous job as before he was a head coach recruiting the state. So we got guys that that really know Mississippi. Uh, we're going to get a shot at at the best that Mississippi has to offer, but we're also going to take the best players available. And again, I will point out. We've got some guys from out of state, Tyson Alexander in Dallas, Kimani Clark uh, from out of Florida, uh, you know, Quincy Casey's from up in Memphis, you know, Jalen Jones, our quarterback is from Virginia. I know he's a transfer, but my point being, we got to take the best players to put Jackson state back to the top of the swag. And if it ends up uh, being Mississippi kids, we're going to take those Mississippi kids and we're going to get some of those guys like a Daniel Crowell who transferred in, who's going to be really good, but we're also going to have to go to California, Florida, Baton Rouge, wherever it is, because Jackson State's a national brand. We have to get the best players possible to help us get back to the top of the swag. Now, you mentioned that JSU brand, that JSU tradition, obviously a school that's known for producing NFL players. And in recent years, we haven't had that level of success as far as that's concerned. But uh, do you feel confident in our ability to get back to the glory days where we have those players 
who can have a shot, a better shot at the next level. No doubt. No doubt. I think we got three or four kids on our roster right now that'll be in the NFL in the next year or two. I mean, right now. And that's not even counting some of the young guys we brought in. I thought last year's class that we brought in was a tremendous class. And you're, I think looking back at four years from now, it's going to be a lot of offensive skilled talent in that class a year ago that's going to develop. They were just true freshmen this past year. Plus, we had some defensive players that we registered that are going to be really good. And so I think we're getting those type of kids. Uh, you know, but we know we got to win this year. We know we got to win soon. And um, because that's that's the fun part about being at Jackson State is people care. And I wouldn't want to coach somewhere where they don't care what your record is or how your recruiting is or if you're winning or losing. Uh, that wouldn't be as much fun. So we know we got to win, um, but we know we can get those type of players. Um, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, Dan Williams, a receiver, he's played in the XFL, played with the Browns. I mean, he was three, four years ago. I mean, Jackson State can get players to the NFL. We just got to do a good job of bringing in the right guys. And I think the last two years, we've done a pretty good job of that. And I'm excited about going forward. And, and the board, our 2021 board looks really good. All right. Now, in terms of recruiting, I know you're working with Coach Otis Ridley as well. So what's that chemistry been like? Oh, it's been great. You know, Coach O's, uh, you know, I mean, he's a hard worker. Uh, he knows the state of Mississippi uh, better than I do, to be honest with you, because he's been here his whole life. And, you know, I've, I've been here two and a half years, going on my third year. So he's been a great resource to work with uh, as far as the recruiting goes. And the whole staff, you know, I mean, just, just, you know, we got good recruiters on this staff. We got some really good recruiters. And we got guys that can get kids to come to Jackson State and walk on. I mean, we got guys that have been able to get some good players in. So we just gotta we just gotta get out there this year, win some games, compete for a championship, try to win that swag this year. And I promise you that this recruiting process will become easier and easier every year because we've got everything that you want to sell. I mean, one of the things we're going through this as a recruiting coordinator through December and January that I enjoy doing is speaking to the parents and to everybody in an audience. You know, I'm used to kind of speaking because I, I was in broadcast for a long time after I got out of coaching and before I got back in. And, you know, I told people, I said, after I got the job as recruiting coordinator, the, one of the first weeks that I was on the job, one of the few first phone calls I got was from the president of the San Francisco chapter of Jackson State alumni. And then I got another one from Dallas, another one from Birmingham. And I'm like, you know, this is Jackson State's a big deal. I mean, I knew, right. I know about the history of the program and football. And I knew all that even before I got here. But we have 50,000 alumni across the country. You get a degree from Jackson state. You don't have to work in Jackson. You can go wherever you want to go. I mean, right. you can go to any, anywhere in the country. And um, so I, I just, that's one of the things I tried to tell the parents. I said, listen, we, everybody wants to go to the NFL. You can go from Jackson state just as quickly as you can go from Mississippi state. But the reality of it is that degree is important and you get it from Jackson state. Unlike some of these other HBCUs, you got a lot of people out there willing to help you get a job and, and get you on the right path. So, that's one thing I think we did a good job of selling uh, during recruiting. We're going to continue to sell is, is not only the tradition, but also the alumni and the, and the fans and the type of people that, that want to help Jackson State graduates, uh, you know, get great jobs and, and live wherever they want to live in the country. Awesome stuff, Coach. That is, those are some great points. Great points. Now, turning to the offense, okay, looking at it on paper, I think it's the sentiment of the fan base that we should put some points up on the board this season. Now, you have a loaded backfield as a running backs coach. You know, guys like Keyshawn Harper and Tyson Alexander, and you mentioned Kimo Clark and uh, Quentin Brown. What does each back bring to the table? Well, I'm excited to work with these guys. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed we didn't get to go through spring. You know, Quentin Brown and 
DeAndre Williams are coming off injuries, so we got to get those guys healthy. Keyshawn Harper's been a very productive back um, here at uh, Jackson State, and he's done some great things. But, you know, I'm really excited, to be honest with you, about the freshmen. Uh, you know, coming in, they'll be sophomores now, Tyson Alexander and Kimo Clark. Um, you know, we're going to put Byron Hansbard, Brian Hansbard back in there at running back as well. His dad played running back at Texas Tech. Uh, played slot for me last year when I coached receivers. He's now going to play running back. So I'm excited about him back there as well. But I, I just think Kimo brings a between-the-tackles toughness, one-cut runner that is going to always go north and south and make big yards. You know, as a freshman against Valley, he uh, had the single-game rushing record for a freshman in the history of Jackson State. That's pretty big, big cotton to be in when you talk about some of the records that uh, some of the guys that have played in this, you know, that's rarefied air that's played at Jackson State. And you saw Tyson a year ago. He's a, a kid I'm really excited to work with uh, because of his his unbelievable speed and break. You know, he can take it to the house on any play. And the thing about Tyson is he had an ankle that really kind of slowed down his freshman year. But this is a kid that works extremely hard, just like Kimo. They both work very hard. And I think those two are really going to push themselves along with Keyshawn uh, to get us going for that season opener. And then obviously hands far Quentin Brown's been a tough runner for us coming off an injury. Uh, Greg Williams is back. Uh, great kid. Love coach. I loved uh, being around him. I hadn't had a chance to coach him on the field. And Josh Little's a great uh, special teams player who also can do some things out of the backfield. And the thing I like about TC's offense, uh, he can build stuff around a running back strength. So if I got a guy, you know, back in the old days, young people probably don't remember Dave Meggett. Dave Meggett was only in on the game for the New York Giants when they won a Super Bowl on third down. But every time he was in there, he did something. And that's kind of what TC's offense does. If I got a guy that really is probably just a third down guy, he's got plays in his offense that can can really highlight that kid's strength. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the competition in fall camp. But we've got the backfield is set for the next couple of years because I really like our young backs. Wow, Dave Meggett, that's bringing back some memories. Yeah, somebody's going to have to Google that one. <laughs> Google that the one. The young people are going to have to Google that one, man. <laughs> Definitely, you want to check him out, Dave Meggett. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, Coach, uh, talk about the loss of Jordan Johnson. He's been a staple in that JSU backfield for the past four seasons. Now, I would imagine you'll be you'll be able to replace some of his production with the uh, you know, wealth of talent that you have. But what are you losing, perhaps, from a you know leadership standpoint or maybe in the locker room? Well, he was a consistent player is what he was. I mean, he like you said, he showed up you know, every game, um, you know, rain or shine and did his job. And he was a workhorse uh, at that position. Had some big games. His career was MVP, I think, last year, the win over Tennessee State. So, I mean, he was a guy that was just very consistent. Um, and like Keyshawn, has been very productive. Uh, but we feel like we can be more productive at that position. And we're excited about the young guys coming in and learning, having a chance to have learned from those two guys last year and then see what they can do um, now that I think that they're going to get a bigger role in the offense this year uh, as we go forward under Coach Taylor. All right, and you coached the wide receivers last year. This unit appears to be another strength of the team with guys like Warren Newman, Daniel Crowell, and uh, Terrell Kennedy returning. What do you expect from this group? Man, I'm excited for that group. Listen, first of all, uh, you got kids like um, Dalen Baldwin, who had the red shirt last year, and Josh Rice, which we talked about earlier, that's coming in. Two quality kids on and off the field. You got Warren Newman, who's led the team in receiving the last two years, a, just a bulldog at the slot position. Crowell 
who would tell you he would have led the team in receiving if I'd have played him more early. I told him he came in out of shape and fat <laughs> from Troy, so he had to get in shape. But he is a he is a uh, one of the most physical guys that you I mean guarantee great hands, physical, tough receiver uh, that I think is going to have a huge year. Uh, we also, you know, we got Brandon Sanders coming in. He redshirted last year, big time prospect coming off a knee injury over in Montgomery. Um, you know, we've got uh, Kobe Gates is back at, at our tight end position. Uh, I'm excited about the receivers. You know, Coach Dickerson is coaching receivers this year. And, you know, he coached three NFL guys uh, at Ole Miss when he was there. And he played in the NFL. And having him last year, you know, kind of looking over and some of the things that we were doing, um, he's a great technician. I learned a lot working with him and the receivers, just being the receiver coach last year. And I, we were in good hands at that position. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, Eric Simmons is going to play as a true freshman. He is dynamic. And then I mentioned, you know, we talked about Rice as well. And you know what? I can't say at this point, but down the road, I think you're going to see another wide receiver from last year's class uh, emerge and sign with the Tigers and be there uh, on opening day. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, break, yep. breaking news. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Right here on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. So we we look forward to that. All right. Now, our quarterback, Jalen Jones, obviously a transfer from Florida. You played at Florida. So you know the type of talent that's in Gainesville year in and year out and the type of talent that's generally recruited by SEC programs. So how big was it for Jackson State to get a guy like Jalen? And what are your expectations for him well, going forward? That's, that was great, you know, um, to get him uh, because he is a he is a perfect fit for TC's offense. Uh, you know, a lot of people forget last year he was a true freshman, you know, because he signed with Florida. Everybody thought he was going to come in and dominate. And he, you know, he had some freshman, you know, lumps like anybody. But, you know, T.C., who's going to coach him hard. So, you know that. And I love the way that T.C. coaches him because, you know, he'll tell him, he goes, you ain't won a game as a starter. You ain't won a game as a starter. <laughs> I said, well, coach, you did put 500 yards up three times the total offense in there. But T.C.'s going to coach him tough. And, uh you know, I think Jalen's just maturing at that position. I think he's going to be much better uh, this year than he was last year, obviously. I mean, first year to second year, he's going to grow. And I thought he did a good job in off season of really trying to, you know, be more of a leader with the guys instead of being the guy that came from Florida and was a four-star recruit and all that. And I think that that wasn't his fault. That's just the way he's only 18. That's just the way it was. So I thought he's, I mean, we're excited about him. And Quincy Casey, who we signed a couple of years ago out of Memphis, uh, Brandon Mallory's back, you know, Matt Little, uh, he's back. And, you know, we signed him two years ago, too. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of potential. So uh, the thing I love about the quarterback position is it, they're going to have the same coach two years in a row. OK, now TC's now the offensive coordinator, but he's also coached these guys. So he knows those guys, how to push their buttons, how to get them motivated, what you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And that's important because it's kind of been a carousel the last few years if you know what I'm saying and I think the quarterback position needs that stability it needs that continuity and I think just having TC there two years in a row is going to make everybody in that room better now we talked about coach O earlier that offensive line is going to be an important part of the success of your run game talk a little bit about the progression of that offensive line from last season going into next well I was excited that Dunbar got the recognition he did because you know as a freshman before he got hurt I thought he was going to be really good uh, his first year when he was on campus uh, and then ended up redshirt. And so, you know, you got Mouton, Dunbar, and Jalen Jones, the offensive lineman coming back that I'm really excited about. And I, you know, thing about, you know, Owen, what he did, you know, 
he know he, he's the biggest critic of himself. I mean, he's all coach. You know, coaches are going to be tougher on themselves. But you know, anyway, you know, going into the last game, we had a chance to lead the conference in rushing. You know, we ran for over three hundred on Southern. You know, and so um, we had a chance to lead the conference in conference games and rushing. And you know, you know, throw out the games out of conference just to, against your same level opponents. And you know, obviously, it didn't work out that last game. But um, we've got some freshmen coming in. You know, Amari Catching's been around. Um, Yosef Carter's a kid who transferred in last year that couldn't play that I think will give us some depth. But I think Coach O would tell you he's excited about these freshmen. We just got to we got to find a center, and then um, if we can get a center, I think we got a chance to be really good. I don't think the numbers are where he wants it um, and where Coach Hendrick wants it, uh, but I think the quality is is it not of number of players this year is going to be a little bit better. We could afford maybe an injury or two, you know, a, an ankle or something, and, and still be able to do some things. So. Uh, I thought he did the best job, really. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he did a terrific job after the year before on the offensive line. I mean, I can't, what he did last year with that offensive line that put us in a position to lead the conference in rushing last year, I thought was terrific. All right, great stuff, Coach. Now, earlier I said that I, I think the offense looks good on paper, but what do you think has to happen on the field for that offense to reach its full potential? Well, as a coach, you worry about things. I'm sure everybody that you've talked to that that, that you've interviewed that's a coach that's going through this coronavirus situation the one thing we missed is spring ball which you develop a little bit of chemistry a little bit of toughness you can hit a little bit more because you know you got summer to recuperate we missed summer workouts now the kids are working out on their own our you know Medgar's doing a great job sending them workouts and things to do but we don't have our hands on them and so those are the things that I think probably keeps TC and, and the offensive staff up a little bit at night is God, what's our chemistry look like? What's our body type look like? I mean, how quickly can we whip this into shape to get ready to play some big games in September? Cause we got some huge games in September. Um, and I'm not just talking about the opener. I'm talking about after the opener. So um, I think the key is going to be how quickly these kids come together in fall camp. This will probably be the most significant fall camp uh, in Jackson State football in a long time, long time. And I, I mean, uh, I, I think it's at least five or six, seven years. This is an important camp for us to come together quickly on offense, to to buy into to TC's offense, get these kids to buy into our offense, and just go. Just go play and have fun. And I think once they do that, I think we'll be fine. Because you're right, on paper, we got the best receiving core in the league. We had it last year, by the way. We got the best running back group in the league. I got two NFL running backs. OK, so there's no doubt about wow. that in my mind. We got a quarterback that's four started signed in Florida. We got offensive linemen that are um, they got, you know, Luton's got a chance to go to the NFL. So, you know, we got a chance. But like you said, we got to put it together. And we didn't get that in the spring. We didn't get that in the summer. We saw it in winter workouts. We saw it in those February workouts. And I think they were starting to kind of get become a closer team. Um, but I know Coach Hendricks going to make sure that we really when we get them back for camp and we expect to have them back august 1st august 2nd um we expect we're going to work on chemistry and team building and and if we're not practicing we're doing stuff together because there's they can't leave campus you know they come back if we get this thing going optimistically our kids are just it's it's 30 days of being around your guys so let's get to know each other love each other and get ready for a great season all right, Coach, well, I can tell you, you have me excited. I know the fans listening are getting excited as well. Well, we're, we're, we're excited. We love the challenge. We want our fans to be excited. The other thing I didn't mention when you talk about recruiting, 
I love telling people we led the nation in attendance. I love telling people we average Absolutely. more fans per game than Vanderbilt, who plays in the SEC. I love telling my friends who work around the University of Florida, so you got to go to a Jackson State home game, especially a big one like a Grambling or that other school that we don't like to talk about <laughs> or a Southern, you know, because it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it really is an, it's a, a tremendous experience with the band, the crowd, the fans, and uh, our fans deserve a champion. We're going to try to give them one this year. All right, coach. Now, I, I want to talk to you about your Twitter presence. I mean, you are very active, very enthusiastic. The fans love following you on Twitter. It rubs off on us. I can speak on behalf of a lot of us, you know, we, especially during the recruiting season. We see those boom emojis and we're retweeting them. And half the time, we don't even know what it means or who we signed, but we're, we're excited <laughs> and we're talking about it in the group chat. So how did that come about? Was that like a conscious decision on your part? Or is it your natural personality? Because we haven't had that in the past with our coaches. Well, I just, I feel like, you know, it started the boom a year ago just because I know fans want to know how recruiting weekend's going. And, you know, we can't come out and say, uh, Brady Ackerman, we had, we can't talk specifically about a recruit. You know, we can't say, hey, right. this guy committed to, we can't do anything until the kid says something. So I said, we got to do something to let people know we're getting people excited about Jackson State. So last year it was boom. Do you remember what it was this year? What Come was on. this year? Because the movie just came out with Kevin Hart and, and The Rock. So I said, you know, what are you going to do this year? I said, we're going with Jumanji. I'm going with Jumanji. And some of the people are like, what is he talking about, Jumanji? Jumanji. We got a commitment. So uh, we have fun with it, you know. And our coaches love recruiting. They love being around the players. And um, we love to have some fun on Twitter, you know. Um, I, I think Jackson State has a tremendous following. I mean, I don't know how long I'll be blessed to coach at Jackson State and where my career may take me, but these are some of the best years uh, of my life. You know, when, when I came to Jackson State, and, and I hope this doesn't bother you too much, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have Jesus in my heart. And being at Jackson State, I found Jesus, accept him as my Lord and Savior. And a lot of that was because wow. of the influence of John Hendrick and Ron Dickerson and Dwayne Curry who were really spiritual men who, who's, you know, cause I went through some tough times when I first got here. Cause you know, I came here with Hal, you know, and that didn't go too well. Mm -hmm. And I was blessed to be able to right. stay with him. And even AD Robinson was great when, when the transition was there, he was always supporting me. But I just, once I found Jesus, I knew it's in his hands and let's just go with it. And wherever God takes me, that'll be great. And, you know, that is the number one thing I remember. I'll always remember about being at Jackson state. And I may be here, 20 more years if I'm lucky I'll, I'll be happy with that but I uh, is that before I came here I thought I had it all figured out and when I got here I found Jesus and I think to me um, that's been the biggest blessing for me getting back into coaching and, and being at Jackson State. Wow an amazing story coach I definitely thank you for sharing that and we really appreciate the uh, transparency. No problem. no problem I enjoy it I gotta be transparent I ain't got nothing to show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we're excited wow. though hopefully I, I, I we're excited i just want to say this i have a feeling that things are going to start getting back to normal in june in jackson as far as coaches um we're all kind of virtually meeting with coach hendrick we're virtually meeting on recruiting we're virtually meeting on special teams um and we're hoping we're hoping and praying uh you know god willing that, that we can get our kids back uh to campus august 2nd August 1st, whatever our report date is, and, and have a great season. The other reason why is we got a home opener for the first time in a long time. I mean, a game in mm -hmm. September would be nice at home. So right. we're excited about that. And, um, 
you know, hopefully it'll all go, you know, it's not our completely in our control, but that's our plan. All right. Great stuff, Coach. We, we want to thank you for coming on. But before we let you go, quick fun fact for those fans who may not know, you played uh, at the University of Florida with Emmett Smith, the legendary Hall of Fame running back. And uh, obviously, you know, he's one of those guys who's kind of mentioned with our very own Walter Payton yeah. as far as who's the best, who's the best running back of all time. Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you pick. I, I won't do that. But what was it like playing with, with Emmett? And did you know back then that he was Emmett one James of the Smith the third. Uh, he is he is one of the all time. He's the you know my favorite. And you know I did know because the first time uh, that I got a chance to to practice with Emmett in pads. Uh, our second and third team running backs were suspended for they had gotten in a fight at a fraternity back then, you know, guys get suspended. You just, nobody knows about it. There's no media or anything. So it's, it's Emmett goes first. We're doing seven on seven, which is inside tackling. It's, it's a defensive line and linebackers versus the offensive line, and the running backs. So Emmett carries it about four times. doesn't get touched. I said, well, this is a non-contact drill. This ought to be easy. I run up in there. It's like, kata, 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 kata. and I go, uh, I think he's pretty good. And I'm going to get lit up here. So, <laughs> I got beat up pretty good. And I was like, no, nope, this ain't, this ain't the same when he goes, but a uh, great person, great man of character. And just so you know, I wore number 34 at Florida for my favorite player growing up, Walter Payton. So, wow. That yeah, is awesome. Full circle. And no doubt about it. Full circle. Coach, I definitely appreciate you for coming on the show and I'm really looking forward to next season. So uh, until then, Jamanji. All right, Jamanji. Well, that'll do it for episode 28 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. Leave a question or a comment while you're at it, and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.